So thank you for joining us today here on Remembering the Podcast. And today I have a special guest, Marie Miller, all the way from the US. Uh, so Marie Miller is a theatre healer. She has a theatre healing certificate of science. She practices theatre healing as well as teaches most of the practitioner level classes. She founded House of Kellen in 2012. Back then, it was about ghost busting, runes, and tarot cards. But now she also runs retreats, empathy coaching, holds online event summits for her healers, and continues to let her business grow and evolve. So welcome, Marie. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me here, Tash. I appreciate oh, it. No problems. So I'd love you to share, to introduce yourself, to share your story. Like, how did you get here? Have you always done this? Just start wherever you feel like you want to start and we can go from there. <laughs> well, I started seeing ghosts when I was about two and a half. I was run over by a car, kind of died and came back, but we won't go deep into that. And just so start seeing ghosts and... It was beautiful because my mom didn't freak out when I talk about it. So I'm really blessed about that. And so I didn't suppress my gifts at all. And then when I was getting a little bit older, I'd start to be a few minutes in the future. I knew like when my sister's boyfriend was going to call and I'd tease her about it. And even though I didn't talk about it openly in school on the sideline, I was still always developing my gifts. But it took me a while before I'm like, I'm going to make this my career. And part of it was because I went through a phase where ghosts would come and actually attack me. So I had to become a ghostbuster to defend myself. And that was kind of fun. And then I became a healer because um, I always wanted to help people. And so this way, and also I get to teach people how to talk about fairies all day long, talk to fairies, talk to dogs, all the fun stuff. And I've also along that journey, have been able to go from being in a pattern of abusive relationships and nice guys to actually dropping all the abusive ones and really being loved. So it's been a lot this life. Beautiful. Okay. So there's a lot to pack here already. So I'm going to start with the, the ghosts. So hang on. So before your near death experience, did, were you seeing ghosts before that happened? I was so I don't believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's start with your near death experience then. So, that's pretty traumatic it sounds like already, but yeah, can you like share that with us um the story and then we can go into a bit more of what you saw and, you know, how that experience was for you. Yeah, what happened was it the thing is, I didn't have any conscious memories of it because I found out later through all these different meditations and regressions that I was actually out of my body for most of it and I have no conscious memory of it. And I didn't even know what happened until my mom was becoming a minister and her first sermon was about how God gave her a message to come save my life. And basically, my dad was going off to do some errand and somehow I got under the front tire of the car. And mom stopped the car when it was on my chest. And of course it got put in reverse and backed off of me. 
And pretty much um, I died, decided I wasn't done, came back in, healed everything except for one kidney. So wow. the only end, so when my mom took me to the ER, they kind of laughed at her and gave her a hard time because there was nothing wrong with me. And they told her that she was overreacting, oh except God. I legit got over by a car. Whoa, okay. So, so when you said, I want to go back to when you were on the other side and mm-hmm. you said that you, ch- you said that you decided that you still had more to do what was that experience like because I want I want I want you to talk about what that choice felt like because Mm -hmm. I had the same experience like I knew that I could choose um and I was also told that I wasn't done but I also chose to came back as as well so yeah can you talk about that Mm -hmm. as well Well, part of it was it actually had to do with my dad because he and I had conflicts from a previous life and that part of why I was trying to bounce out. And so there was a little bit of like an F, you know, we're not going to go out like this. So there was some anger, right? Because that's kind of how I react to things. Um, But yeah, it was just a really, really calm decision of like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. We're not ending this way. Right. And also just knowing that, that I had something magical to do down here. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember what it was like on the other side? Just that it was really peaceful. Mm. Yeah, just just feeling loved, but also like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's interesting how like one of my biggest emotions was like annoyance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And did yeah. you have contact with any other beings or energies on the other side? Do you remember anything like that? just a voice saying okay you can go back yeah but I don't remember actually seeing anyone and I've since learned to go up to these places to to interact with different angels and you know deities but yeah yeah and so now if you want to talk about the healing so do you remember healing on in that plane was there a remembrance of what happened there or you just you don't remember that part of it I was able to through a regression to get back into that part of it and it was sort of like everything sort of knit back together and you could actually hear the bones uncracking wow (laughs) it was really really neat and it was interesting though I've done later healings too where we could actually literally because there was still like an energetic imprint from some of this I've actually cleared a lot of that too whoa Okay, so what kind of healing did you do to go back into this? Was it a hypnosis or what did that look like? It was mostly through theta healing sessions, which does put you in the theta brainwave, which is the same as as is used in hypnosis. So, Okay, wow. So that's pretty fascinating that your body, you just had that recollection or what when you went into it of your body just clicking together mm-hmm. like that's so fascinating to me yeah it's it was pretty amazing to be able to watch you know afterwards and to have that memory come back of like nope just seeing it repair and to see only like one little part although on some levels i'm not surprised because my mom has a gift of healing too where she can touch people on their accidentally heal so it was already in me yeah totally like I believe in all that too it's just it's fascinating I think to go into 
you know, for other people to hear what's possible and what that looks like mm-hmm. and what it, you know, sounds like and just, you know, just I guess it's more belief in what yeah. what we can do consciously, yeah. um, you know, with our mind and our consciousness to heal things. So, you know, it's it's super important to go into these. Okay, so so then your mum was looked at like she was a little bit crazy um you know what happens then like in the hospital I mean they they ran a bunch of tests they did the x-rays they're like she's fine um the only problem I ended up having afterwards um was one of my kidneys refused to grow but then we had a miracle a few years later where it went from like not having grown from the point from that time from the age of two and a half until I was like 10 and then in the span of three months it finally caught up Wow. And so what do you put that down to? Like how, how, honestly, yeah. honestly, I think that might've been mom healing me because she was so worried about me. Yeah. So that might've been like her gift being bestowed on me to have it heal. Yeah. Yeah. And how's your body organs now? Like what do you <laughs> find any remnants or energy, you know, prints? I- of old, I don't know, old wounds or old traumas stuck in there or or you're pretty good now? There may be, but, you know, because you, you always heal these traumas in layers. Yeah. And so I've done, we've done a lot of healing on my body. I've, I've been through quite a few healers around this particular incident. It comes up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but last time I looked, I think my my kidney is still this, you know, still a little bit smaller than the, than the other one, but otherwise pretty healthy. That's amazing. That's so cool. So how did you get into, well, what is theta healing? So for people that don't know, can you just explain? Because obviously that's a big part of your life and it was a part of your healing journey as well. So what is theta healing? It's a modality um, that's based on the belief that your bodies are just representation of your belief system. So if you shift your beliefs, your body can shift. Like when we work with viruses, it's super fun because they're all about worthiness. And once the person gets like you, you figure out like how they felt unworthy when they contract when they um, came in contact with the virus, it'll actually vibrate to harmless. Wow. And so that's really, really fun to witness. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so powerful, all of these messages, because there's so many healing modalities and, you know, it always ends up coming back to a belief pattern, you know, a an emotion, a trauma, like all of those things. So it's it's really fascinating for people to hear. I think that, you know, when we say mind, body, spirit healing, it's not just throwing away those words. Like it really is a connection between all of those things to heal holistically mm-hmm. and you know, just sharing from your side, like what you witness in your work, the most common things that people come up against or how disease is even created in the body. Um, so can you go a little bit into that? Because I want to I want to empower people. This is a lot of the work that I do is I want people to understand that they are in the driver's seat and they're not mm-hmm. just a victim of circumstance or a victim of our world. So, you know, you sharing what you do and how they can 
what you see the most common and mm -hmm. how they can kind of help themselves, you know, stay well and free of dis-ease. Yeah. Um, so one of the most, there's, yeah, one of the most common things I work on that's not physical is I work on relationships a lot. Yeah. Um, I love working on that because, you know, I had some really, really horrible ones. And so I've been able to discreate it. And part of that is by realizing the reason I was drawing these horrible relationships was because I was carrying a belief from childhood that love was going to kill me. And that's because of my sister, because she was not very nice. And um, so I would, but I, I kind of believed it and didn't believe it. So I'd go through a pattern of drawing in someone who was proving that belief true, that that love will kill me. And so they'd be abusive towards me. But then in between, I'd, I'd call in an actual soulmate who was kind, but dump them because once they fell in love, I was afraid that love was going to kill me. And once I broke that pattern, I was able to heal. So now I do the same thing for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then self-induced mm -hmm. stress, um, you know, of everyday life or even emotional regulation. Oh, that's another fun one because I love working on the nervous system. Um, it's amazing. It can heal. I've seen brains heal just tremendously from like people losing 80% of their function going towards, you know, being able to get back to the normal jobs. Wow. Can you share a story like that? Yeah, there's someone who came in as a student um, and just wasn't, you know, um, luckily, well, coming in with his wife too. So they were working on things together. And he had been an engineer, really brilliant person, but because of an injury had lost, like, you know, he wasn't able to use his brain the way that he did before. And honestly, the meditation that we do in Theta Healing alone can be really healing for brains just because of the way it moves the energy through the body. But we also did belief work. And one thing that about it, because about it is some people think, oh, it's only Theta Healing if it's instantaneous healing, because that's what it's known for. But I found for brains, and things like that, that you need to give it a little bit of time. And about a year later, he was back to work. Wow. Yeah. And they, we, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to ever work again or, re, or regain his ability. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's an important point that you bring up about taking time, because I think sometimes there is a misconception that you go to a healer and something's just fixed. Like so often what's fixed immediately is possibly even a perception but mm -hmm. you still need to work on holding that new perception because of the years it's taken to build those beliefs in the first place yeah. you know <laughs> so it's like it's not like an instantaneous thing it can be but yeah and it's our conditioning you know through the mind body and spirit that holds those perceptions um so tightly and it's you know the the work is really of us letting go isn't it it really is and people really have patience with their healings because you're right some things heal instantly i've had things on me heal instantly on my clients some things have healed instantly but if you've been struggling with something for years if it wasn't created instantly, we might not be able to dissolve it instantly. Yeah, totally. Um, something that's just coming through intuitively now is uh, wanting to talk about anxiety and depression. Um, it's something I don't really talk about a lot. I think it's really important, um, but personally, I haven't struggled with depression or anxiety. So, you know, I like to always come from my 
experience and I don't want to talk about something if I personally haven't gone through it, but with your work, can you speak to anxiety and depression, how it's present Mm -hmm. and how people can help themselves or how it even creates dis-ease? Oops, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Dis-ease in the body um, and how important it is for us to help ourselves in this time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When it comes to anxiety, because I I treat them differently, anxiety is, to me, it's about understanding your subconscious fears. So one thing you can do is in your journaling, you can just sit down, set a time for 10 minutes and just journal, like, if my, this thing that I'm anxious about, if it happens and what next, and follow it to the logical thread so you can understand what that deep fear is behind it. Yes. Right, because there's, there's always something. Yeah, that's, you know, there's always a reason for it. And of course, if it builds, um, if you let anxiety go for too long, it's going to take its stress on your nervous system and on the heart and on the circulatory system. Yeah. Also for some people, the muscular. But the other thing to do is to also establish a really good breathing practice of some sort. And practice it when you're happy. And I actually have people practice it daily so that way when the anxiety hits, your nervous system and your breath is already trained to go into that because for some people it can take just like one or two cycles through whatever breathing exercise you pick to get your nervous system back yeah and how important is it so people just don't hear it from me how important is it to work on these things daily like brushing your teeth you know I really do think you should be doing at least something every day. I know some people will try to go all in and do like, I'm going to do like two hours worth of self-improvement every day, which isn't attainable. Yeah. So I work on like, just do this thing for five minutes every day. In fact, for a while, when I was going through some of my own anxiety, because I do have that every once in a while, especially since the, um, um, since the pandemic, I think it caused some of us to have it that didn't have it before. I had a thing where I had like, there's 10 things that I knew could bring happiness for me. And I had a list and I would do, and I would check off any one of them. I tried to check off three of them doing them for five minutes a day. Yeah. So good. Um, It really is important. And instead of waiting, you know, till something's really wrong for us to fix something, Mm -hmm. it's just prevention, you know, like, I was just thinking the other day about how hospitals and doctor surgeries are just getting more backed up, more backed up. People are waiting months and months and months for surgeries and stuff like that. Whereas I think, you know, I believe in the existence of all types of medicine together. You know, there's a place for everything. But I think we can significantly decrease the amount of illness if we take responsibility daily Mm -hmm. for our health, um, mind, body, and spirit. So what do you think about that? (laughs) I, yeah, I agree. Like I like the holistic approach because if, and part of it I think comes to talking about what you brought up earlier is even being in tune with your emotions. Yes. So many of us around the world were raised in an environment we weren't allowed to express our emotions. And the more that we suppress them, they're going to come out as different versions of disease. When it comes down to the bottom belief for a lot of people, when I'm doing the healing, at the core, a lot of what we're releasing from people is, um, I'm not allowed to have emotions, I'm not heard, I'm not seen, nobody loves me, right? These are some of the core core woundings that we have. 
And so honestly, I think being able to openly express our emotions and listen to our bodies are the two biggest things we can do to keep ourselves out of the hospitals. Yeah, totally. So in saying that, what's the best way if someone has just heard that and they don't really know, they've heard it before, but they don't really know where to start, how would they get in touch with their emotions? (laughs) There's a few different ways. Like you can do journaling. Not everybody likes that. Um, One thing that can be is to literally just like, if you're feeling something, trying to name what you're feeling and allow it to be. I also find like somatic movement is good. Either doing trauma-informed yoga, doing yoga of some sort, or I've been really into a static dance lately. Cool. Which is literally the whole point of it is like you are in tune with your body and of course your emotions, you're connecting them and moving in whatever way it feels good. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ones. I also too, I also think movies and television are good with us learning emotions. Yeah. Please explain. Well, because, or reading books for me, because I'm a bookworm, right? And like, (laughs) when you are caught up in the emotional story, the emotion of someone else's life, and I don't mean, and I mean like really good stories, not watching reality TV. That's not going to quite get you there. But like, (laughs) watching some of these well-crafted dramas or even sometimes horror stories to get in touch with your fear is a way for you to, because if you're having empathy with the characters on screen, and you can feel what they feel and that it can give you permission to feel your own feelings. Mm, so true. I've never heard anyone say that before. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Now that you're saying that it's, it's true. Yes. Yeah. Well, I also have a theater background, so I understand the power of the arts when you used to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. And I love that you touched on somatics. I've got a beautiful friend that runs somatic movement circles Mm -hmm. and so important. Like it's amazing what comes up when you just, even just closing your eyes and just being with your own breath, Mm -hmm. just allowing your body to just move how it needs to move to, to move the energy out. Emotions start coming up and like we can bring things up to, to be healed. Hey yeah yeah um and there was something else that you said it was getting in touch with your emotions and tuning into your body so would you say Mm -hmm. um you know somatics is definitely one way of doing that how else can other people tap how else can people tap into being in tune with their body um by actually spoiling it like doing self-care days where you're super intentional and just being aware of it yeah um I know there's some people who don't even know how much they weigh or they don't look at the mirror as much so part of it is like actually looking at your body and seeing how beautiful it is and also just tracking how it feels inside of it Mm. right like just and like I know in yoga they do the thing where you just scan your body and you're like starting just notice like is there tension somewhere because a lot and also allowing your body to talk to you. I used to be an athlete, too. And I know sometimes you get in that thing of like, I'm going to make my body do the things as opposed to being in the energy of what does my body really want to do? Yeah, so true. And our body holds so much wisdom. So when I uh, do healings, you know, if someone's moving through an emotion um, or even mentoring and coaching, 
I ask them to feel that emotion and that feeling, just be with it and ask it what it wants to tell you. Ask that body part or that emotion, what do you need to say to me? What do you need to release? Like what higher wisdom do you have for me? And it's amazing the things that they that come through. And then people are so shocked. They're like, oh, my God, like I just coached and healed myself. I'm like, yes, you did. This is, this is all you. This is a big part of my message is how can you heal yourself? Like, yes, I'm here to help you see that, but... You are the <laughs> ultimate healer. You are the ultimate guru. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the same is true for my work. It's all about leading the client on a journey and them discovering and understanding the process. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it's just all about the emotions. Yeah, we're all here to help each other uh, know how to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's extremely powerful. So... Something I don't know about a lot that you do is the runes and you mentioned tarot as well. So what are runes? (laughs) So runes are a divination device and a writing system that were started by the Teutons, which would be what is now Germany, but it's spread all over. And of course, the last place that we know of it is in Scandinavia or the Vikings used it last. So anytime you see that script that is attributed to the Vikings, that would be runic. Okay. Yeah, but there's, depending on which system you use, whether they use the British or um, or the Icelandic, there, there's two different beliefs. There's either 24 or 25 symbols. And you just, you just lay them out. So they're minor on oak, but you can also do them on like bone or sometimes on stones. And you just use them for divination. Okay, so how does it work? Like, say if I, you know, do you call it a runes reading? Or yeah, like, reading. Okay, so <laughs> if I come to you and want a runes reading, like, what what do you do first? Like, I'm just trying to get an idea of how it works, you know, because it's so, yeah. I love it. learning about all of these things, but I just find runes fascinating, um, and it's something I don't know a lot about. They're really fun. So when I do a tarot reading, I'll actually ask people what they want to talk about. But with runes, we don't. They're just going to tell you what you need to hear. Wow. Yeah, they're just like, no, here it is. And they're because you can try to ask them a question, but they're like, nope, here it is. So they're very cut and dry, which I love. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of times what I'll do is um, I will sometimes lay one for each of the chakras to understand what energy needs to be released or what energy is working for you in each one of the chakras. I have a ton of different layouts I do. Sometimes you just throw them on the ground. It just depends on like what's appropriate for the person I'm working with. Okay, interesting. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? For a while, I think 20 some years. Oh, wow, okay. So you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I first started in college and just never stopped. Oh, wow. And do you prefer that over tarot or you like them both together? It doesn't really matter. It just is, it just depends on the client because either one of them, those are just tools to channel my gifts through, yeah. but they're tools, you know, with their own history and their own story. Um, I do find that actually more guys than ladies will request rune readings. Right. That's interesting. Not that ladies- yeah, <laughs> ladies still do, but like, and that's actually, it's a good gateway drug, a gateway, you know, thing yep. for guys to get into healing too, is the runes because they're cool because oh. of the Viking. So whatever it takes to get people to heal. Totally. 
yes yeah and like you said it's just fun yeah it is yeah um okay well that's interesting so something I wanted to delve into with you is Celtic wisdom um so I know you work a lot with that and then I would want to move into the fairy realm as well it's something that I'm not really um yeah, I'm not well versed in at all is the Celtic or the or the fairy realm, but it still fascinates me. So have you always been fascinated with the Celtic or connecting it with the Celtic wisdom? To some degree, I always have. I've always, I've always been kind of obsessed with Ireland since I was little. I've always been drawn to that. And there's also a lot of overlap between the Asteru, which is connected to the runes and, and the Celtic with, and the Celtic, because they were so close, they traded a lot. Um, but yeah, always been drawn to it. I decided not to become Wiccan in high school because it didn't feel very true. Right. And we've since learned that it was actually like kind of a bunch of made up stuff that was pushed together instead of like the real tradition. So it's now, so there's a lot of more sources now to dive deeper into some of the true, um, Celtic traditions. So I am studying Oum, which is a part of Druidism, which is a part of, yeah, uh, which is basically a tree language. And it's this, it's similar to the runes where like each one is letter of the alphabet and each one is also um, a divination, but they're all connected to different trees. So, oh no, I have to go out and talk to a bunch of trees and get to know them really well as part of my learning. So yeah, it's fun. Wow, that's awesome. So what what is the Celtic wisdom and history? What's the main gist of it or the main idea of it? What do they really connect with? Well, what I love is it's very much about this really re- deep connection to nature. Um, and also they don't really have deities in the way that other places have deities. There are versions of God. It's either like the spirits of the different, the, the trees or the forests, or it's people who became powerful enough to be godlike, okay. as opposed to as opposed to most other mythologies. Yeah. Okay. So it's more like shamanistic, mm-hmm. like you know, really, yeah, connecting. Which it all kind of leads to that anyway, really. Like it, you know, everything yeah. kind of leads <laughs> into that in a roundabout way. Um. And then fairies, how does that come into everything? Well, fairies chose me. I didn't know I'd ever be like working with fairies, but fairies are connected to plants. And since I'm kind of obsessed with, I've always loved trees. Like when I was a kid, you'd always find me up in trees all the time. Um, But I've actually went through this weird thing because like, you know, you know, as a magical person, sometimes like the universe intercedes and says, you're going to learn this thing now. the fairies just decided one day they were going to talk to me and they got really loud about it and they did it by like dinging my car a few times to get my attention i know i'm like thanks and um but it's been really beautiful working with them the only thing is you do need discernment because you can't always trust them completely because they are tricksters like all the because every culture has a trickster spirit and i'm sure that just comes from the energy of the fairies right you do not want to give them your name <laughs> right and when they say that that means your spiritual your secret name which not everyone has has gone on the path to get theirs yeah 
Um, but they'll do things like when I'm um, do, playing, working in the garden, they'll vibrate the poison ivy to a point where I can't see it anymore. And then I'll walk right into it. My partner's like, Marie, you just walked into poison ivy. I'm like, and I look down and suddenly it will appear. And I'm like, gosh, you guys, because I'm looking so hard for it. Yeah. And then I can hear them laughing. So that's them showing me how much they love me because they think that's like a sweet hello. And I'm like, I need to go get prednisone now. Um, but on the flip side, they've taught me a lot of beautiful things. Yeah. Right. There is a special healing that I do in person. That's a crystal energetic dialysis, which involves drinking a cup of tea, um, laying out a bunch of crystals, using my runes, and um, also some petrified wood. And it basically like cleans everybody's energy out and brings in new, and it's really beautiful. And they're always with me to help with that. Okay. Is and they're that, also- In the Celtic tradition, are they connected very much to the elementals and the fairies and, el yeah, mm -hmm. okay. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm just thinking that there's probably someone listening to this. Well, there's probably someone listening to this thinking, what the hell are you guys talking about? But then for someone else that's thinking, yeah, I've always been connected to fairies, like there's something about it. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for them to start getting in touch with the fairies and working with the fairies? Like, you know, because I think a lot of the time people hear these mm -hmm. conversations and think, yeah, like I'm not really sure if I'm making it up or if it feels mm -hmm. real. So quite often in these realms and us remembering mm -hmm. again, we're having to dance this line of, oh, is it real or is it not real? You know, like, you know, it's 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 a very difficult thing to navigate. Um and we can gaslight ourselves with that. But how would someone start to connect to you know, fairies, if, if they feel connected to that, or there's something drawing them to that? Um, you can create a space for them is one thing that you can do. Um, so they like things that are shiny and soft and furry. Mm -hmm. And that's why sometimes if a fairy decides that they like you, they might take your keys and hide them. Uh -huh. or things that they think is valuable. And all they do, because they're in a different plane from us, they just kind of vibrate it down to their plane, it doesn't actually go anywhere. Like when they were in a habit of taking my passport, I would go up and connect and like, guys, put it back. It would appear right where I'd look the first four times. Um, so that's kind of one way that you know that you might, if you are, if you live alone and things disappear. Yeah. So part of it is being like, and not negotiating with things like, guys, put it back. Um, but when you but when you're giving them things like if you're gonna do in your house some people make a fairy thing where you make like a cute little house and you put like gems or just something sparkly and soft in it. And I have a stump out in my garden that's dedicated to them so I plant wildfires around it and just like this is the space that I that is here to honor you. Yep. Okay. And some yeah some people put out like honey and things like that just depends on your tradition. Yeah. Or something and how sweet do you, for them. How would someone hear them, you know, or <laughs> like listen what does that what does that sound like to someone that's like I don't really know if that's my own mind or you know if I'm really hearing them well so part of it is being really really quiet so it is when you're out in nature and you're quiet and um so in every region they're going to be different because they're a reflection of the local plants mm -hmm. And of the local people, like Icelandic fairies are completely different from the ones here and the ones yeah, where you are. Okay. They're going to have like a whole different tone. So they're going to sound differently and they're going to have different personalities. 
Okay. Which is why it's fun to travel the world and like go say hi to the local fairies. <laughs> but usually, I mean, usually there's laughter and there there's tinkling and they they kind of have high voices. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And is and it coming like a a thought in someone's mind? So I'm trying to to help people understand how this comes through for them. It usually comes in as a thought. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a voice in my head. Yeah. And how would someone, so for the first time, hearing something, would they say, is that my own mind? Or like how would they differentiate between their own mind and fairies? Through practice, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the best way is to keep trying and keep connecting. Yeah. And is it, so is it tied to a feeling? So say if they have their own thought, does it have a different feeling to what a thought, you know, or a fairy speaking to you sounds like? There's always going to be, well, it depends, except for the one time they were yelling at me. But usually when they're just saying hello, they're just, they're, 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 they have a super light vibration. There's almost like a, a giddiness to it or a giggling to it. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of laughter and more laughter than you would normally have in your own mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yep. it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, I always like to ask those questions and they seem very simple, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are just learning this stuff from, you know, so sometimes it's easy for us to know what we're hearing and how it's feeling, but for someone else that's learning, they're like, oh, where do I start? Or is this just me? Am I making it up? You know, So, you know, this is the conditioning that we have to remove ourselves from is, yeah. you know, things not being real mm -hmm. because, you know, so many of these movies that we grew up watching, you know, that's fantasy is really not mm -hmm. fantasy. <laughs> it's just getting channeled from somewhere where that's real. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I always say, how can we think that we're the only beings and the only living things in this whole entire universe? Like it can't possibly be it. There's so many awesome and scary and beautiful things out there. Yeah. Are you connected to anything else or is it mostly the fairies? <laughs> no, I mean, I actually, I talk to trees too, but they talk to me through light. A lot of times when they say their name, they'll put a light show at the top. So it's like a series of colors, which is kind oh, of fun. Yep. Um, but yeah, I also do, I do pet healing. Basically, as I've been growing, as I accept one gift mm -hmm. and you work with it, then another one opens up and it gets to the point where you're like, you know, you can almost do, do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. Like on the way to a retreat, I had a, um, one of my facilitators get sick and she couldn't come. So I taught myself how to use tuning forks on the way down and I opened up people's Kundalini using tuning forks. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like once you get to a certain state in your magic and in your practice, then it's basically what what do you want to do next? And the universe will help you. Yeah, it's it so true. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and this is why there's also a line between getting certified for something and intuitively <laughs> leaning into your magic so a lot of the time the like you said you know the more gifts that you open up 
the more you come across or you the more you just intuitively feel like oh this is I've just got to do this now like I'll be in session sometimes and something will intuitively come to me to do a certain thing and then I'll hear on a podcast or in a book that they've used this technique and I'm like I've never read about that before but intuitively I just knew what to do um (laughs) yeah it's just tuning into that vibration that healing vibration and the uh intuition isn't it and the field Mm -hmm. and we can access anything Absolutely. And that's really what I, you know, when I talk to people about taking classes with me, it really is from that viewpoint. If it's not about the training you get in the classes, is the training is about like tuning your into you turning you into your intuition and being a clear enough channel to let whatever your gifts are come through. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I didn't, I don't mean to discount certification because it is important. Yeah. There's, there's a place for that. Right. And I think there's ones like yourself that you find that do teach you your innate wisdom as well, not just this is a certification, you go out, you follow the method and the steps perfectly and then like this is how you do it rather than going to something like what you're teaching Mm -hmm. and you're teaching them how to tune in, you know, as well as the certification. So, yeah, it's important. Yeah. 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 It's like I tell them the certification's the beginning. It's just you have to apply it. Yeah. Right. Like when I got my certificate of science, which basically is a fancy way of saying it, like, you know, 800 hours worth of study in that one modality. Right. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really, you know, make a difference in my life until I, tar- until I started applying it. So it's really the application. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So with your. Oh, nature. I wanted to talk about nature. So how important is it for something I love? Like one of my most favorite things in the whole world is nature. And I always talk about the importance of being in there. So can you speak a little bit about your perception of how important nature is for us to connect to in this day and age? I mean, I think it's... (laughs) To me, I, I, you know, I can't live in a city again Yeah. because I just, I just need nature. Yeah. I think it's really what grounds us, what helps us be able to listen a little bit deeper. There's also so much healing. There's, there's healing just sitting around in trees. Like you can literally receive a healing by going up and leaning up against a tree and meditating yeah. and nature can heal us in ways that, you know, yeah, I, that can be one of the, your most powerful self healing tools is literally just being in nature. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we just don't do it. Like, you know, say if we go on holidays, most people will go on holidays and go for a walk in nature or we'll go for a swim down at the most beautiful lake. And then we come back from that holiday and go, oh my God, like that was amazing. And I'm so clear about the direction I want to go in. And it's like we have to think more about yeah like this there's something in this you know if I've come back from my holiday feeling super clear there must be mm-hmm. something important about being in nature you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sure some people think they're clear because they they got away from work for so many days as opposed to I'm clear because I reconnected with nature yeah totally it really is you know, what we're unraveling, I believe, is just coming back to how we're all connected to everything, 
you know, and that's becoming more and more, more and more clear. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So with your work and what you do, I like to ask this sometimes, what's a myth or an illusion in the space that you're in that you'd love to bust, you know, for people <laughs> thinking, oh, I'm not really sure about this or, you know, they're a bit sceptical, which I always welcome healthy scepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you bust in the field that you're working with? I think we kind of covered the first one, which is people coming in thinking that they're going to heal everything instantly instead of having patience with themselves in the process. Um, (laughs) And the other myth is, I don't know. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest one. That's been the biggest thing that that I come up against people. Oh, the other myth is that I'm too old to change. Like people who think that like, that they're beyond healing or that they can't heal or that their problems are too big or impossible to be healed. Yes. I honestly believe anybody can heal. It's a matter of making sure you release the right beliefs to be able to see what the problem is and making sure that person, you know, Mm. knows how to accept unconditional love. Cause that's really the only thing that really stops people from healing is if you um, are rejecting love. Yes, I know it's so, such an important point that you bring up there you know anything any disease or unhealthy perception or mental illness you know we're really like tapping into that fear Mm -hmm. um and the lack of love or the absence of love which Mm -hmm. really is what fear is um but yeah that that's important uh, to know that you know people can heal themselves and yeah they're not too old and mm-hmm. I don't believe when people say you know a leopard never changes its spots like you know that's just something I think that we've said for a long time and it's a very limited way of thinking because no people can change if they want to mm-hmm. and if they believe that it is possible they can absolutely change it's not like oh, well, I'm stuck with this trauma and this way of being, like I can't do anything about it. This is just, this is what I signed up for. This is my thing. Yeah, Yeah, my mom's 85 and she's still growing. She's taken some classes from me. Oh, yeah. That's, That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice way to move into this new world where, we can accept healing or we can accept different points of view from our children, um, Mm. from friends, even parents, if you want to, you know, it's like we're all here to learn from each other. Um, One generation isn't better than the other. And something I see actually now is that there's lots of people that think that the younger generation are, you know, they might be spoiled or they don't think the same way as what we used to, but I don't see it that way. I see that they're breaking molds Mm -hmm. and they're coming in incredibly intuitive and switched on. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I also love how accepting they are. Like the and and how supportive they are of each other, like in ways that I've never seen, like... (laughs) 
It's it's amazing. There there's so much freedom and self-expression. I thought we had some freedom and self-expression growing up, but they've just they've got like so much more. It's really beautiful to see. It is. It is. And sometimes, you know, with like I don't like the heavy wokeness that's present, but I also see the place of it that's important where we're opening our perceptions to accepting mm-hmm. everything. So, you yeah. know, there's always two sides to to everything. Um, you know, a light and a dark to everything. But I really more see that it's opening the way that we think um about things and how we're moving into a more accepting um society and way of living. Absolutely. And I've also noticed too, like sometimes when you're bringing a new concept into society, sometimes they do bring it into a point where it's going to feel like it's too much. Yeah. And maybe they do go a little bit of overboard, but if you give it time, it's going to even out. Totally. And that's how our journeys are, isn't it? Like you go like pendulum swing. (laughs) You go that way and then you come back in the middle. Overcorrections happen in healing. It's, it's part of the process. Yeah, hundred percent. It's how we yeah. understand both mm-hmm. extremities to come to that zero point, to come to that neutral space um, and that mm-hmm. balanced space. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what would you love people? to know like if you could share one message to any everyone in the world what's one thing that you'd love them to know and be empowered with that they everyone is magical and they actually have the power to to change their life to recreate it in a different way yeah yeah for sure so thank you for joining us today um, so can you just take us through a couple, just run through your offerings and mm-hmm. how can people find you uh, if they want to book in a session with you? Okay, I have a couple different ones. For people who just want a little bit of magic, I have a Saturday morning class series, which is basically two hours on different topics. We're going to talk about fairies one time. I think the next one coming up is psychic protection. We're going to talk about like how to tune energetically to your home for more abundance. It's it's a whole series going all the way through the end of February. And I also teach the Theta Healing classes. So that starts in January with the basic DNA. And then I do one-on-one sessions. And then I'm also doing, no, it's a lot, a, pro, a coaching oh. program yep. for people who only want to spend an hour a week. Because some people want to do all the Theta, right? And learn all the things. But some people want to access their magic in a more compressed time frame. So I have a, a crash course called Claim Your Magic. That's a 12-week program with an in-person um, a retreat at the end. Okay, awesome. And, and something I forgot to go into with you was the pet healing. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, what does that look like? Like if someone, you know, we always talk about healing ourselves, but what about the, the little furry friends? <laughs> oh, because, you know, they they're such... You know, they pick us, right? So when a cat picks you, they came in to actually like heal you. And so what I do is, first of all, I clear any trauma if they if if it's a rescue, make sure that they're that they're that they're more suited for being with you. Clear anything that they that they got from you, and then talk to them. 
And I do things like, especially with dogs, helping with their behavior, if they're howling or something, or I just healed one who would jump in his owner's lap when they were driving and got him to stay in his own seat by talking to him and getting him the right music and everything. And I do all of this remotely. So um, we can just be on the Zoom and you can just like either have the pet there or just send me a picture ahead of time so I can connect to it. That's so fascinating. So you connect, do you speak to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I they go up. So I, yeah, I walk the the client up through a meditation, and so they can also try to connect to the dog too. Okay. So that way you can work on your relationship while I'm having my own conversation with the pet, and like just telling the the client everything that's going on, and listen to their concerns, and basically negotiating through them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Aww. That's so sweet. You know, we can't leave out the little furry friends. <laughs> no, and it's so fun because like sometimes I deal with a lot of heavy trauma, which I love doing, but it's really nice to talk to like a parakeet, you know, in between oh, <laughs> or something, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Is there one last thing that you'd love to share with everybody? Um, you don't have to, but if there's something present for you to share uh, intuitively, then I'd love you to lean into that. Just that when you really open yourself up to magic and to, and you follow those little whispers that, you know, if you allow yourself to go down the path of magic, your life is going to be beautiful in ways you never imagined. Yeah. And you're going to get more than you ever thought to ask for. Yeah. How do you see our world moving now what do you see when you see all of these things happening in the world what are you seeing i'm seeing the potential for a lot of healing like when i see things going on that make my heart hurt i always go back to so what can i do on my level energetically to help shift that and who can i work with to help shift that yeah so I think the more that we understand that we have power over our own lives, that can help us understand how we can have power on a grander scale. Yeah, 100%. Are you saying what can... changes yourself? I know I look around and I see a lot of hope. I see things changing all around us. Um, so I'm always interested to hear what others are seeing themselves as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm seeing so much healing and things. One, I guess one of the things that I've really loved that I've seen in the world is like, um, or at least in the US, the way that we deal with boundaries around men and how we're just not accepting the certain behaviors anymore. And I think that's a really beautiful growth. And it's not in a way of like, you're wrong. We're just like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna accept that anymore. Yeah. And I think, and I think the that we are on a path to the genders getting along a little bit better and they're not being as much device divisiveness as there has been. Yeah, totally. And I think like everyone just wants to be heard, right? They do. Everyone's and... <laughs> they just want to be seen and they want to be heard. So I can see like every side everyone's like, you know, like we're actually not really that different if we all just listen to each other and accept each other. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like, you know, in the US right now, we have some extreme divides in our politics. But if you look at the core beliefs, what everyone's fighting for on a very, very deep level, they're all fighting for their right to exist, but from different perspectives. 
exactly. And I, I was exactly. saying that even through COVID, like, yeah, you know, we actually everyone just wants to do the right thing, and everyone just that no one wants to do the wrong thing. <laughs> we're all thinking that we're doing the right thing. So yeah. if we can just see that we're all actually trying to move in the same direction. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's one of those things we have to learn how to all be with each other with all these different perceptions and just acceptance, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. if we all thought the same and felt the same and we'd be so bored out of our brains. Yeah. 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 But I see certainly a lot of hope when I look around. I see a lot of healing and you know mm-hmm. the as we know, the trauma has to come up to be healed and transmuted. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening right now. But I like to ask that because I think it's important for people to see the hope yeah. or just to go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like things are changing. You know, it's not mm-hmm. doom and gloom. And if we learn to see more where it is changing yeah. and we can, you know, hold that timeline a bit a bit firmer and become empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining me again, Marie. Um, I really appreciate your time and thank you for sharing your magic and gifts with the world. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thank you. If anyone wants to get in touch, I'll leave your details in the show notes and they can get in touch with you for a session. Um, but, yeah, again, thank you for everything that you do for the world. Many blessings and we'll chat to you later on. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye.